0: Eric Roberts is a fucking man. He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began. We should give him every medal, every trophy, and award. He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard. Eric Roberts, the fucking man. Eric Roberts, the fucking man. Eric Roberts is a fucking man. Eric Roberts is a fucking man. Eric Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can.
1: Bang your heads! Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Redux, the world's most beloved Eric Roberts-related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly, and joining me, as usual, is the piano man, Liam O'Donnell. How are you doing today, Liam?
2: Ah, uh, you know, I'm all right, Doug. I just uh, I've gone through a number of surgeries of late, so I'm in yes. like a recovery mode. Uh, but I'm I'm bad at recovery, Doug. It's it's yeah. this weird thing. I don't I don't like. You had to a rib removed,
1: moved, right? Isn't that what I'm yeah. hearing?
2: <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, how did you know that? I haven't even posted that.
1: <laughs> well, I saw you do a lot of flexibility exercises. Yeah, I just put two and two together. Yeah. Liam, tell us about these surgeries that you. I'm worried about you. What's
2: going on? nothing is a big deal, but it's just all little things that, um, I mean, they're a big deal in that the American healthcare system is broken and I'm going to go broke. Mm But, uh, but other than that, no, I, you know, I had a trigger finger. I have carpal tunnel syndrome. um, I have a, uh, a lymph node that looks like not great. So it's like, I, I, you know, they're all little things, but it's like stuff that, you know, I got to deal with. And it just happened to all happen at the same time. It's like, you know they they all sound like things that happen to people when they're old you know Mm -hmm. like i you know i gotta get the sleep apnea machine you know it's just something that happens to everybody i guess but like why all at the same time i didn't need them all in a row
1: you know liam you you posted a photo on social media of your hand uh and it looked like leatherface's face it was all it was pretty fucked yeah yeah, It was pretty
2: gnarly liam how's that coming along are you almost healed up you almost ready to type again Oh, no, definitely not that. Uh, <laughs> you know, my goal right now is just can I make a fist? And the answer mm-hmm. to that is still no. <laughs> okay, well,
1: I guess I can say whatever I want to you. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no I, I, I've, got,
2: you know, I've got one hand to work with for anything at this point. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, you know, the, there were necessary surgeries, but the recovery time is stupid. I hate it. Well, Liam, how is the family? <laughs> They're pretty good, Doug You know, like Maver's birthday Alright, shut up, <laughs> <will you? laughs>
1: Our guest today is a writer, director, actor, podcaster And our most frequent guest here on Eric Roberts' is The Fucking Man It's Splathouse's Mike Delaney How are you doing today, Mike?
0: I am doing well, Douglas Thank you uh, to you and Liam for having me back Mike, I'm... I have to say, you know I love you uh, You know I'm a big fan uh-huh. But...
1: I should stop giving you power over choosing the movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. That that is true, and I recognize that, Doug, and I respect uh, I respect that, and that's why this time I said, "Hey, why don't you pick?" I yes. did say that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you know what, what? You did. Was what? I gave you four movies to choose from,
1: and then you chose the film that we're going to be talking about today, "Rock Story" from the year twenty fifteen. And Mike, I need to ask you. Um, I'm not going to give away what those other three movies are. I'm sure we'll cover them at some point. We have to. Liam and I made a blood oath to uh, cover the life and work of actor Eric Roberts. But Mike, what about the film Rock Story appealed to you? Oh,
0: it was definitely Kelly Clarkson and the gun on the poster. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, you know, but then upon uh, further research, which just included blowing up the poster, I saw it yes. was not Kelly Clarkson. Not Kelly Clarkson. Uh, and then that, and then it became even more intriguing to me. I'm like, oh, what's this not Kelly Clarkson rock star gun story all about? With it Joyce wasn't DeWitt. Kelly Clarkson. That's what Joyce- I was gonna say. DeWitt, no. it, it wasn't
1: Kelly Clarkson. It was Joyce Dewitt from Three's Company.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come and knock on my door, Joyce Dewitt. Let's uh, let's do it. And then of course Eric Eric Roberts is in. It. Like, but that yeah, that's well. the thing. I don't believe I could choose wrong when you're like, here's four Eric Roberts movies. I can't choose wrong because Eric Roberts is in all of them. How
1: could it be wrong when it feels so right? Mike, you like music. You're a musical person. Mm -hmm. So you must have also been excited about the idea of this being a very musical film. You would expect a movie called Rock Story to have a lot of music in it.
0: Right. Or at least be about a professional wrestler, you know, making his way into politics. But... (laughs) Well, yeah, no, it. no. I was I was excited because I do rock. I rock so hard, you know. Mm-hmm. I rock I rock harder than uh, John DuPont at a high school wrestling match.
1: <laughs> do All you right? rock? You know that uh-huh. uh, Leah, my co-host Liam O'Donnell on this podcast. He used to be in a rock band, a punk band, a hardcore punk band called Revolver Method, right, Liam?
2: Every episode, <laughs> every fucking episode. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, I. I'm, it's a transition, Liam. Get with it. Uh, uh-huh. Liam was in a hard rock, a hardcore band called Revolver method. He was a lead singer and he's uh he's been a punk ever since. I think you started being a punk back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to talk to you right now. <laughs> well, actually, I wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, we're not going to talk about this movie in
0: detail a little bit later, but you're a musical guy as too. But uh, yeah, oh, open open up about it, Liam, cuz I I right now myself, I'm a I'm a punk groupie. Like I have yes. a singer <laughs> that I go around with and I do all the shit with with the punk band, you know, and we're we're over 40 now. So that's a that's a new niche subculture. I can. You that.
1: Well, I mean, I want to get both of your takes on this. Does this movie Rock Story uh-huh. have the kind of punk attitude that both of you most appreciate in the music that you enjoy? Let's start with you, Liam. Is this movie a, a punk movie, Rock Story?
2: <laughs> it's barely a rock movie, <laughs> let alone a punk movie. I mean, <laughs> I, I I do I do appreciate the idea that they're trying to make this band look good. And they're immediately playing in the exact kind of bar that like any shitty cover band would play in. Sure, absolutely. Like it looks, especially like I, it, this is set what like right outside New York, right? It's like yeah, Hudson that's right, Valley. yeah, yeah. They, they and so that. like the first scene you see of this band playing in front of a crowd, it's like. Oh, God, this is the exact sort of bar in the Hudson right. Valley you'd walk into that has, like, a shitty wine special and is advertising that they have, like, I don't know, like like uh, pig nuggets or bacon-wrapped dates or something, and there's a terrible cover band that's like, uh, oh, you know, this is great. This is classic. It's classic bruce springsteen song and dire it's just straits, like
0: bro it's dire straits. oh you're right no
2: dire straits fuck
1: yes <laughs> but they're really tra- simplified version of sultans of swing being but but but, but eventually they they
2: <laughs> transition from that into like a mod into a rock cover of a hip-hop song that they think is like really fresh you know <laughs> but i but just remember
0: a song from like 20 years ago it's oh now. yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 like country grammar and they you know they take out the <laughs> We take out, like, the N-words and just put in something, for, you know, to recognize the town. Ninjas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true.
1: I just remember that there's a part in this film, and again, we're going to talk about the movie in just a little bit, um, where the, the band, the newly formed band, they reveal what their new name is going to be. And we're all <laughs> oh, supposed to think that it's the greatest, like, the most brilliant fucking name. And what, what Mike, what is the name of the band? In rock story.
2: Esquire,
0: Esquire. Esquire. <laughs> Can you imagine what, what, you walking what, down what the street? you're totally right. The way they built that up, it was like, it was like they they wanted to grip that uh, scene from Boogie Nights so bad when like <laughs> Jerks in the hot tub and he sees his fucking name, but but the but they shoot it like an awkward like Larry Sanders episode where yeah. you know they're like Hank, what's the idea for your company, and then he's like Esquire. <laughs> Like they both say it at the same time, so jinx they have to buy each other a coke or like get married or something. But they are getting married to this terrible idea to call their band Esquire,
1: gentlemen. I would, I could talk music all day with the both of you. We're getting sure. somewhere with that, obviously. But yeah, we need to catch no, up totally on the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for this episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking man Redux, and we continue with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word, and I wish you would. Back on January sixteenth, uh, Ken Olin at Ken Olin one on Twitter wrote, "Here's an idea: if you don't want to get the vaccine and refuse to wear a mask, hold your breath until this pandemic is over." Eric Roberts quote tweeted this with, "Ha ha ha ha!" <laughs> 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 i guess eric roberts that was a very amusing comment uh mike you are our guest today now i don't know your thoughts on uh mm. you know what's going on in the world i don't want to presume anything but when you see eric roberts be so uh engaged and and, and finding hilarity in this comment what does it make you think about
0: well well, let's first break down mr olin's uh joke his, his yes. premise is that if if you don't let's all just understand the premise right mm. if you if you don't get the vaccine, hold your breath because yes. you won't spread the, uh, you know, the droplets and infect people. Uh, and the joke is that they'll just keep holding their breath until they die anyway. Oh,
1: now I get it. Right, <laughs> Eric Roberts is laughing at
0: the death of all of these people who refuse to wear a mask. Right. They're going to die anyway is, is the joke. I, I mean, that's how I read it
1: i serious, Liam. Do you have any themed masks? Like, do you have a masks wear masks which have like patterns or images on them?
2: Oh yeah! In fact, um, before we switched to the whatever KN95, which mm-hmm. I don't even know if ours are legit KN95. Like, I just I don't know. Maybe they're ripoff ones. I don't fucking know. But <laughs> sure. Uh, but when we were when we were all convinced that cloth masks were the le- the extent of hygiene that we needed. Uh yeah, patterns. There's got to be something. I had a. I have Christmas Johns. I have ones for my T-shirt company. Uh, Maeve had like a. You know, because we moved to the Chicago area, someone had to give her a Cubs one. That's just like a requirement, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't. I guess I didn't have any ones that were like supposed to be funny though. Like joke masks. That wasn't really a thing. I don't know. I don't know how much I dig on that. But just like some sort of pattern, I, I don't really like. Or at least I, I never found one that I liked that was just a straight color until I switched to the more uh, uh, at least pretend uh, intense masks. You know, I went to
1: the supermarket, Liam, and I saw a gentleman wearing a mask. And the mask had a pattern on the front that was a person's face with the mask underneath their nose. So if you looked at him from a little ways away, it looked like he had his mask on under his nose. But when you come closer, uh, he didn't. He was wearing it properly. He just looked like he was being an idiot. So, for a little while... Jared Leto Joker energy. I don't like it. It it is kind of a strange... It's like wearing one of those uh, red MAGA hats, except it's got like a made-you-look on it, where until you get close enough to know that the person's not a piece of shit, you think they're a piece of shit. So, it's like... (laughs) I don't always go close to people, so maybe lots of the people I think are garbage are just... They're trying to have a little fun with me. Mike, when were you Joker-fied? (laughs)
0: <laughs> i what What do you mean by when did i when did i just realize that we live in a society
1: yeah when did, when yeah. did, when did
0: it when did it when did it uh oh, uh i was, was radical well i was i i was on my way in the the 90s but i was like radicalized by the 2000 election
1: oh yeah and, yeah I, florida right recount.
0: Florida, the fucking Chads. And now we're back to talking about Chads. And That's true.
1: But they're not hanging anymore, no matter how much I wish they were. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> oh, bro. That, that's the humor. That's 4chan humor I came here for.
1: <laughs> back on July 20th, 2021, Jen McGowan wrote on Twitter, Next year, when everyone forgets how quickly our whole industry was able to change our working protocols due to covid Please remember that when everyone says diversity is hard to achieve, it's bullshit. It's just a matter of priorities. And Eric Roberts quote tweeted this with, A little equality is inequality. True diversity is within reach. A little reach is a miss." Mike,
0: some thoughts on that. Bro, this... Okay, I read this shit so many times. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea what it means. I don't know... It, it, like... I have no clue. The first thing he says is, a little equality is inequality. Yes. I don't, I don't know, man. Like I, I think I he means the, that if I you know only... The word e- I know what the word equal means, and I know what not equal means, and I just, I, like, I'm lost already.
1: I don't pretend to be able to translate the words of Eric Roberts, but if I had to interpret, I would say that he is suggesting that making a little effort is not enough. That you want to put a little bit of equality—that's still inequality, right? That we can reach it. That true diversity is within reach. But if you just do a little bit, a little bit of a reach, it's a miss. We need to do the full push. Liam, would you agree with that? Why does he word it like that? Is
0: is—is it weird? Like, I mean,
2: I don't know, Mike, if you're aware of this thing called um, marijuana, but uh, (laughs) Mr. Roberts is a big fan of that. And uh, assuming, of course, he wrote this tweet, this could be. his
0: his partner and manager. We, it's it's always hard to tell. This, this tweet has Riddler energy. The other one was Joker energy. This one's Riddler energy, for
1: sure. No, you have to think about it. It's like you see the two guards, right? And one huh. of the guards says that he never tells a lie. And then the other one, how does it go? The other one is a liar. Liam, can you explain to me how that works? <laughs> no, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, think of him as the ancient Sphinx, right? <laughs> right? And he tells you a little equality. is. Any, I mean, honestly, some of this should, should go in a book. But if
0: he tells other people, so if he never tells other people lies, that could be true, but it could also be true that he tells himself lies, so then... You've lost me. He doesn't, <laughs> anyway. Uh,
1: you know what? something we can all agree on, something that can mm. bring the country together, is Mr. Keanu Reeves, a beloved actor, Keanu Reeves. Um, the Huffington Post on January 14th wrote, Keanu Reeves has had few signature moments in his life, when it comes to getting autographs. So I did not read this article, but it has something to do with Keanu Reeves and autographs. But Eric Roberts quote tweeted it and said, I love this, great taste in autographs. My one was Lawrence Olivier. Although I have Keanu SIG on the index card where he wrote his phone number down for me. I keep that in a proud place too, though my kids made sure it's a hidden proud place since it was intended just for us. So Eric Roberts has Keanu Reeves' cell phone number. That's
0: pretty interesting. Mike, do you have any autographs? Oh, uh, yeah. No, actually, I, I do have some autographs. Um, I, and I'll, I'll just talk about the music-based. Uh, please. One of the music-based ones. And only rock but,
1: music, please.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Uh-huh. Uh, it was 2004. The biggest band in the world was uh, uh, Linkin Park. Yes. <laughs> they, they were doing some promo tour for that um, Jay-Z collab that they did for, for MTV. But anyway, they came to the Best Buy I was managing in in Dublin, and we had to we had to host a um, a, a signing for for Lincoln Park. They did like one song or something, you know. They just like played it on an iPhone or something at the time. Or what would it have been in two thousand four? It would have just been an iPod. I guess it would have been an iPod or maybe an iPod Mini. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I got I got their autographs. I'm not a fan of theirs at all. But uh, one of my cousins was. 13 at the time and he was a fan, so
1: I like that Mike uh, Shinoda because he knows so much about NFTs, but that's all I really I don't really listen to
0: the music. Just <laughs> the I, art. No, but you know, individually they've done I like the work that they did with like handsome boy modeling school with like Mike Shinoda and uh Chester on on those tracks. But do you just call I him Chester?
1: You don't call him full Chester Bennington? Uh no man. Uh, also R.I.P. bro. R.I.P. bro. A lot of R.I.P. bros. Liam. Autographs. What's your what's your prize autograph in your collection?
2: I don't have a collection, but I do have mm-hmm. a couple of posters that have autographs. So I right. have uh, I have William Freakin's autograph on a oh, Sorcerer really? poster. Yeah. Oh wow, uh, Sorcerer. Yeah, I bought that off of a uh, friend of the show, uh, uh, Rocky Juarez, for uh, for I don't remember how much money. And then, uh, so you've
1: never met William Freakin?
2: No, don't no, so no, no, this.
1: No. This autograph was given to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Have you met Rocky?
0: uh
2: yeah oh, well i mean yeah yeah i did yeah. once when i went to fantastic fast i did actually
0: that, i I would love that guy's autograph he's a good guy he's the best yeah. he's it the would best. actually kind of be more meaningful
1: right because you'd actually have received it from the person yeah as opposed to just purchase i kind of thought
2: about telling him to sign it too but then i thought no nah, he's not gonna think that's cool so uh <laughs> and then i i have um i have um uh i have the uh Autographs that came on the uh, Miami Connection poster Where Dragon Sound signed Mm -hmm. it You know so that's uh... Yeah yeah yeah. Well all the Dragon Sound people they were able to get together For the Fantastic Fest signed the poster So I got that John Uh, And I think I have one Other signed poster but that's it I've never gotten an autograph on my Own it's always come as part of something Else and that's cool like I Appreciate that oh I'm lying Oh, I, have a, I have a signed – I totally forgot about this. I have a signed Damien Gerardo uh, record, and I got it for my wife because I went to see him, and she also loves him, but she couldn't come. And so I I got the record, and I said, could you sign it for Susan? And he's like, who's Susan? I said, that's my wife. She wanted to come, and she couldn't come. And he wrote on it, hi, Susan. Next time you come, and this idiot stays home. Love, <laughs> Damien Gerardo. <laughs>
0: Oh and my thought, god, that's a great story. That's, that's awesome. I, okay, I, awesome. I, I, I would have changed my story then to if I knew this was gonna be like a, a dick comparison thing because I I went out for coffee with I went out for coffee with Joe Bob Briggs, you know John Bloom, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, after our meeting I did have him sign it, something. So I have that, and then I have John Carpenter too, two John. Well, we,
1: we time. went out for lunch with Eric Roberts
0: yeah. Oh yeah, that's right it, you know, I, sh- I should have And the late uh, Larry Cohn right? I should have gotten
2: that's... them to sign something Although Larry Cohn would have said something mean to me, I'm sure
1: <laughs> About your Look, food yeah. about this guy who doesn't know how to order lunch <laughs> uh, Folks, one of the, um, the most popular segments of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man is back It's the Eric Roberts Movie Corner Where Eric Roberts shares his thoughts on recent movies On January 14th, Eric Roberts tweeted Hashtag the tragedy of Macbeth at Apple TV. Hashtag excellence. So I think that's a positive review for uh, one half of the Coen brothers' recent adaptation of Macbeth, the tragedy of Macbeth. Liam, what's your favorite Shakespearean
2: play? Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Mm -hmm. Um, Favorite Shakespearean play? I don't. I'm not going to pretend I have one, dude. I don't have one. What about Twelfth Night? Do you like that one? I don't remember which one that is. Twelfth I Night's mean, good. Yeah, it's pretty
1: good. Mike, Mike is chew, chomping at the bit. Do it in hopes of telling. I his, will
2: straight up own. This is my vulnerability on Eric Roberts. That while I have read a number of plays by Shakespeare, if I pretend I like, I have a favorite. I'm just fronting. I don't. I don't really know.
0: Well, I, well, I got you covered, brother. Yeah, but, let's um, hear it. In in my uh, moonlighting as a actor i i used to do shakespeare all the time our theater company would do at least one uh shakespeare a year and we would do you know we would do the thing where you adapt it you you stylize it in a way whether that's how like uh is it joel that directs this movie yeah i think it's joel yes yeah but you know how how he chose to like do those really like stripped down high contrast striking images and Yeah, yeah yeah So we so we would adapt Shakespeare that way, and um, so my my favorite would come from my experience, I guess, performing in them, and uh I love doing Titus Andronicus. that's like that's an intense one um to 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 wa- have to watch every night because you know there's a big like R word scene. And then uh, for the comedies, I love midsummer, I think midsummers. Is- super fun and as a performer i believe it's pronounced
1: midsummer
0: (laughs) oh yeah midsummer yeah with the yeah exactly that would be amazing so like a local theater company should do uh, midsummer night's dream and have fucking like yeah have oberon be like the old guy that's gonna commit suicide and or unalive himself (laughs) or (laughs) Well, oh, no, no, I play. was. I, I up to the play. I just remembered. Night. I
2: was in. I was in uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. I did that when I was in high school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who who were you in Midsummer?
2: <laughs> I didn't have a real role. I was like one of the one of the people that make like like an elf, like a background something with puck. You know what I mean? Like I I didn't I didn't do anything for real.
0: That that's well that's a theme in your. Uh, film work too. weren't weren't you in the movie Creep?
2: Yeah, God damn it! I set yeah. myself up for that one. You, I did have a speaking role in The Matchmaker. I think was it The Matchmaker? Yeah, what's the, matchmaker. the
0: Matchmaker.
2: So no, it's not a Shakespeare play. It's but it's another play.
1: Why are you bringing it up, Liam?
2: Because I'm saying I haven't always been background people. I have had speaking roles before.
0: Is Matchmaker Le- a Janine Garofalo movie?
2: <laughs> oh, it might be actually, but no, I not, oh. not that. Oh,
0: I was asking Oh, yeah,
2: oh, yeah. you know what? I was in uh this is terrible. I'm totally taking this off course. No, Let's please. go back to the thing. No, no, no. No, sorry, I want to hear
1: what, tell us one more thing that you were part of. Uh, what's it called? Yes, okay. Now I'm not I'm regretting actually suggesting. <laughs> yeah, that. never mind.
2: Sorry, I <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. It's like very similar to the it's a similar plot to the matchmaker, but it's very British.
0: Well, what is the plot of the matchmaker?
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> fuck, a, I, I mean remember. it's a high concept title. It's obviously about matchmaking. What are they matching yeah. together? People? Is it does it take place in modern day?
2: No, I mean it's like like uh oh boy. I don't know probably like the 30s or the 40s I don't fucking know. <laughs> is
0: it is it two words? Is it about people that make matchsticks? Yes. No, okay. it's
2: like a it's like a love it's like a romance play and then Were um, you in
0: it? You're like, "Oi, gov, well oh, you want is- some matches?" Well, No,
2: so then the other one I was in has a has a uh what's a what's you a-
0: your little opium pipe, Diego? There yeah, you,
2: but i did have a very do up proper the and pears. you guys are making jokes but i had a very proper british accent in the other one i was sir oh you Ch- actually was, did do an yeah, accent yeah i was sir john <laughs> and i spent the whole i the, all of sir john's lines in the play is just him going good lord over and over again like i don't oh, okay. really say but then i did have a song Okay, and that's it, funny. I, I and it's ter. I, it had to be terrible, but nobody. I was never shown a video, so I don't know if anyone videotaped it. So I don't know how bad I was it. But I had a whole fucking song. It, it wasn't solo; it was a duet. But okay. I, I had I did a lot of the fucking song. And at the time, everyone was like, "No, it's good." And in my head, I'm like, "Someone years from now is going to reveal to me that this is fucking terrible. There's no way that I'm good at this." You know. So
0: you were doing some King George Hamilton shit. That's commendable, bro. You're.
2: What is the fucking play that Lynn Manuel?
0: on january 12th eric roberts
1: tweeted for those of you with kids who are grown choose be their parent or be their friend or be both just don't be none of the above
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> now it's a funny thing to read from eric roberts who had a, a notoriously uh, rocky relationship with his uh, son-in-law Keaton Simons, who is in this movie that we're going to talk about today, so much so that they had to let out their anger on their episode of Celebrity Rehab and their, uh, <laughs> their, their strained relationship, which in my memory seemed to exist on the show, but actually was probably made up. Liam, do you agree with what he's saying here, that you can be a parent or friend to your child, but at
2: least be there for? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> it, it just feels so like there's, he's not really saying anything, you know? I don't know.
0: Yeah, he, he, is, is, he is not saying anything. I, I'll second that because if if the premise is you have children, then you're already a parent. Like, so what does he mean by be a parent? It just oh, you got to like be there. Those... You got to show up. Right, but how's that different than being a friend? Like, Did, there's some. Much...
2: Oh no, there's a big difference between being a parent and being a friend. I think. No, but
0: what does yeah. he mean when he says parent? Oh no, I, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't yeah, know.
1: yeah. I, it seems that the first half of this seems to be suggesting a different. I would have predicted that it's going to go, for those of you with kids who are grown, choose, be their parent, not their friend. Like, choose between the two. Uh, But instead, it's like, be their parent or be their friend or be both. You can do both as well. Just don't be none of those things. But if they're grown up already, then I guess, you know, I guess it's, I don't, I don't really know what he's saying. Yeah, like,
0: we. Exactly. With with like my bio dad, I don't need him to be my parent. I just need him to be my friend. No, I, I get that part. But yeah, you're right. He confuses it by pussying out and being like, just be something.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say pussying out for a number of different reasons, including that this is a podcast devoted to the actor Eric Roberts, his life and work. Uh, one bit of a uh, little bit of, of interesting information to finish off. Uh, Eric Roberts' Twitter uh, account on this episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. On January 10th, he was rep- uh, responding to someone named Brian S. Gaylord about a film, DOA, that he was in. And Eric Roberts said that DOA kept him from being in the first season of Dancing with the Stars on ABC. Eric Roberts was almost on Dancing with the Stars. Liam, would we have watched that?
2: I guess so. That's would right? I'm really glad that he missed it, honestly.
0: <laughs> uh, are you a big fan of Dancing with the Stars, Mike? No. I, I, don't of, think, a, I don't think I've ever seen an episode like, uh, no, I've never seen well, it.
1: Well, let me explain it to you. So, no, I, know, celebra- I, 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 I got it. Yeah. Oh, okay. If, if you want to explain it to the listeners, but. No, I don't, uh, because I've never watched yeah. it myself, but I would have watched it if Eric <laughs> Roberts was part of it, because Eric Roberts is the uh, uh, focus. Of this podcast if we can call it that Mm -hmm. Uh, unsurprisingly most of the recent news about Eric Roberts has to do with his appearance on season two of the righteous gemstones which I know Liam is watching and seems to be enjoying very much of course at some point we'll be covering that season because we have made a blood oath to cover the life and work of actor Eric Roberts HBO the righteous gemstones Eric Roberts teases his most rewarding role thanks to quote genius Danny McBride this is him speaking about the righteous gemstones He says it's been very rewarding. It reminded me of my family. It reminded me of the family that I come from, of the family I fled. It was like it was like a cardboard cutout of my family. I really went after this part. I had to audition for it, and I just got lucky. I've never been involved in a working situation, both in front and behind the camera, that was as much fun or as rewarding as Righteous Gemstones, and I mean that. Liam, Eric seems very high on this Righteous Gemstones uh, appearance. Has he been rising to the occasion, according to you?
2: Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little behind, but uh the episodes I've seen, yeah, he's actually really great. And not I, I shouldn't say that like I'm surprised. Sure. Uh, but I will say that as he's gotten older, um, he has less energy, right? He's an older gentleman now. He can't pull off some of the stuff he was able to do uh around the time of like King of the Gypsies or something like that. But but still he manages to bring a lot to the character and a lot of that familiar, uh, how do I want to put this? Eric Roberts slime. That sure. that familiar sort of <laughs> skis is there, and I'm really glad that they found a role for him to bring out that side of his acting as an older gentleman. Because I think it's harder yeah. if, unless we're talking about, and and I would I would actually argue that one of our favorite series that utilizes him, Stalked by My Doctor, doesn't really have him all the time be full skeezy the way he is as, like, sweaty 80s Eric Roberts. You know what I mean? right, absolutely. This movie, this movie, this TV show, even though he's never shirtless and sweaty, it is very much that character, like a real low-down, conniving sort of guy, and I fucking love it. Now, granted, there might be a character turn coming at some point, which would actually increase the appeal, but so far he's just been sort of an agent of chaos and i and i think he he really is nailing the role
1: Liam, uh, one of the things that's interesting about this quote is the suggestion that Eric Roberts had to audition for this role. I I don't know if he still does a lot of auditions. Maybe for some of his bigger roles, it's a kind of a necessity. But it's just kind of funny to think about. Maybe the most prolific actor on planet Earth having to audition. Hey, why not just pull up one of his fucking movies if you wanted to see if he could do it? But that also makes me think of the auditioning process. Mike, you've done a lot of acting in your time. Have you done much auditioning? I'll,
0: I'll, I'll answer that in one sec because I don't want to lose this thought though. Please, uh, I want to hear your thought I, first. What you were just saying, but I I think that uh, well here's here's what I think is Danny McBride's production uh, you know group with like Jody Hill and Benji Best R.I.P. You know, but man they even from their debut feature with Foot Fist Way their casting of like extras and their direction of like non actors and just like knowing how to use people's inherent personalities and looks to like yeah they
1: love faces for sure
0: oh yeah no they they're in my mind this might not make total sense because i can't explain it all but in my mind like they cast uh like tertiary characters and background players as well as like jonathan demi right you know And, and and they had a great cinematographer to shoot them too so i think that helps but my point is is that they've always built like amazing casts and i i would assume that part of that is not necessarily like an audition audition where you go in there cold and like hey are you right for the role but it's like are you right for the the family that we've built or the you know the the vibe that we've maintained because i think of like don johnson coming into eastbound and down sure and at the time i was like don johnson coming in but no man like it it vibed it clicked it was perfect and they they've had a lot of late career folks show up like lily tomlin of course, um, anyway, but yeah, have I, I hate fucking auditioning. I can't audition. I can't do it. Well, and you I can't do it, but
1: but you've done it in the past. Oh,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, I mean, my ADHD will make me like do anything besides, uh, audition. It'll, it'll have me, you know, trying to engage the, <laughs> the director or whatever in a conversation. So we, so I don't have to audition. <laughs> it'll have me like doing more than I need to do. But I I don't like it. And uh, as a as a filmmaker myself, like, you know, we I don't really hold like cold auditions where I don't know the people coming in or whatever. But I don't know. I I go more the route of like vibing with with them in the scene, if they're if they're going to fit with the group, because an actor is an actor. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think, that, I think that's probably. You'll know, you'll know their toolbox, to your point. You'll know their toolbox if you've seen some of their work, and that could be achieved through video, in, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I and think for here, it's more about chemistry. Yeah, sorry, so right. please, leave.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. I bet he was auditioning with John Goodman. Like, a lot of this has to work because he has to have a certain dynamic with John Goodman, which is, like, you know, maybe not always easy for people. So I wonder if that. His audition was in the room with John Goodman, seeing if they would have the chemistry right. they needed to sell this relationship, which is like an interesting. They, they, I don't, I don't want to give anything away to anybody, but there's an interesting relationship on on screen.
1: You know, Liam, did you have to audition for the matchmaker?
2: I did, and for thank you for the segue, mm-hmm. me and my girl, which was the one that I couldn't remember the name of.
1: Okay. Did you also do a British accent in Me and My Girl?
2: So my audition, that Uh was the one that I did the British accent in, was Me and My Girl. Okay. And and my audition was actually for one of the Cockney roles. (laughs) Yes. And I'm told that I fucking... Like nailed it. Uh, no, like oh. just fucking uh, killed it. What? Yeah. Uh, what's the negative version of killed it that I that it's I probably
1: still killed it, but just said very depressing. Yeah, exactly. I
2: killed the <laughs> accent so horribly that they were trying to figure out if I could do a different thing, and then they're like, "Well, sure. let's try him in this proper British role." And you know, I did listen to an accent tape, but I don't sure, know. Sure, sure, sure. He doesn't say much. Like it's an important role, but I'm mostly like a side gag. Like other people are saying important things, and then I just yell, you know, "Good Lord," you know. So it's not like – they. I I don't know. I don't feel like there was a lot of weight on me to be like, well, if you don't get this British accent right in this high school production of me and my girl, we're fucked. Like It's like it really didn't matter, you know? Yeah. But someone
0: on that team felt that way. They're like, this guy is going to ruin my fucking life. (laughs) life."
1: (laughs) Liam, can you give us a little taste of what your Cockney accent sounded like? No,
2: I won't. I won't do it.
1: Did you go down a lift and get into a lorry with some petrol
2: and go to your flat? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think I actually eat, had to sing. Dick. I think it was even yeah. worse. I think I had to sing something in a Cockney accent. In that what? Part. Well, you've got only
1: one person and you got to worry about then, there, Liam. And that's Dick Van Dyke and the old Mary Poppins.
2: <laughs> Man, I, I I regret having ever <laughs> agreed to this podcast. <laughs> Me and my girl,
0: you know. You'd you also think? play Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. That's right. Yeah, mm, that's fair. You'd be a cute Eliza, Liam. Liam, I got some big news about Eric Roberts. <laughs> What's that?
1: <laughs> Recently debuted on ComingSoon.net is a movie trailer for the upcoming comedy "Mr. Birthday," starring Jason London from "Dazed and Confused" and Oscar nominee Eric Roberts. The film will be released on VOD on December seventeenth. This is a recent post. I don't, but no, it, I guess it was a little bit longer ago. Yeah, it must have. Sorry, it wasn't that recent. Let me uh, take that back. The we film will be. Re- we can watch it now. We can watch this now. This film was released. <sighs> On December 17th by VMI Worldwide. Uh, The plot is while working his maintenance job at an upscale hotel, Barry encounters the mysterious Mr. J. He introduces Barry to the International Birthday Network, an agency that helps children across the globe suffering from miserable birthdays. And so there is a trailer available, which both of you watched. We will, of course, uh, link it in the show notes. Starting with you, Mike, your thoughts on Mr. Birthday and uh, uh, starring Jason London.
0: Well, uh, I did see in the notes that Jason London was the star of it, but I'll tell you, when I first started watching the trailer, uh, I did not recognize the the male protagonist that they no. had. I thought it was a guy from Jackass. Yes. I thought it was either uh, Danger Dave or Aaron, <laughs> I think. But uh, no, I thought it was uh, Bran. That's right. But mm-hmm. um, no, man, this, this movie also has, like, big Joker energy, uh, and... <laughs> You said the, the guy's name is Mr. J, right? That runs the birthday thing. That's Mr. The... J, J. So he looks like yeah, he looks like Santa Claus, and he wears like weird Michael Jackson gloves, and he's got on like uh, Doctor Jacoby glasses, and he's wacky, <laughs> you know. But um, but no, it looks like it looks like a mashup of like if John Wayne Gacy did like Daddy Daycare, you know. It's got like this creepy, like putting on a show vibe, but from an equally creepy person. I don't it's know. A, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It's a family film for families. It's not. It's not. It's not. No? I no. didn't watch
1: it. I did not watch the trailer. Uh, I did tell you both of you to do that, but I, did, I forgot. Uh, so I'm, I'm learning from you what this is all about. So it's not a family film. It's not for families.
0: Oh, oh that's, how they're, that, that's how I'm sure they're selling it. But oh. no, it's not a family film to have this creepy Santa Claus Joker character show up to your kid's birthday party and like, What they were doing was they were blowing up balloons. Liam, tell me if I'm right. They blow up balloons and, like, they draw faces on them and it looked like haunted images from, like, a David Lynch short film, you
1: know? What? That is correct. Yeah. You're selling me on it. I have to be honest. That makes it sound terrific. Liam, your thoughts on Mr. Birthday?
2: Uh, No, thank you. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, not a big fan.
2: It's a sort of – it's a sort of – trailer where there's some big gags in the trailer that they're like this is really going to sell you on the movie and uh they're so painful that knowing that that's the best that they could find for the trailer makes me very not stoked on the rest of the film
1: well i'm going to go over to the imdb profile for mr birthday and i'm going to tell you that eric roberts plays a character named rick so does that change your feelings on it
2: oh yeah never mind i'm in
1: What if I told you that the director of this... Oh, this one will make you excited. The director of Mr. Birthday is also the director of 2020's Agent Toby Barks. That's the uh, secret agent dog film, Agent Toby Barks, Leah. Uh Uh-huh. That has the voice of John Lovitz as a character named Toby. I believe Toby is maybe uh, a dog in the film. Oddly enough, we've talked about Agent Toby Barks, I believe, at one point before, maybe even as a little preview for uh, Mr. Birthday, now that I think about it. So you're saying you're, we're not going to check out Mr. Birthday?
2: I mean, we kind of have to because oh, yeah. we have to, because we
1: made a blood oath to watch the life and work of actor Eric Roberts. Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is Exceptional Beings, directed by Nieda Anthony and Christian Kazadi. The plot description, Liam, you, you, you'll find this one interesting. Two supernatural beings begin to question their godhood when they encounter a human being, an ordinary woman with an uncanny essence who doesn't conform to their thousands of years of knowledge about humanity. They journey through her existence as it relates to their desperate need to understand answers to questions they never believed existed. Yeah, exceptional beings featuring Eric Roberts as Poseidon! Liam, Poseidon, very exciting Uh, Mike, I have a poster here for exceptional beings If you scroll down a little bit I don't know if you have that on your screen at the moment Um, Let me pull it up Yeah, please I want you to see this poster for exceptional beings And we can get a little bit of a look of what Eric Roberts may look like As the uh, god Poseidon, the god of the sea But while you're doing that, that There he is What do you think,
0: Eric Roberts with the beard? It does it. He has his mouth kind of agape and they have yes. this like wave going. It, I don't know. It looks like he's sucking up a waterfall. But no, he looks good, dude. He looks uh, cut with the beard. He looks good. Yeah, he looks. He's but, got a dude, it's, a, good. it's not a good poster. They use the Narnia font. Yes, they're doing they're doing that blue and orange like uh, contrasting color thing. It looks yeah. like maybe they think it's a Marvel movie.
1: Well, I do think that there's there's been a lot of attempts for low budget movies that have some sort of supernatural bent to kind of copy that Marvel style right. in their posters. Uh, in fact, one of the movies that you almost chose for this episode, uh, Immortal Wars, which you said, no, I'd rather watch Rock Story, that also- Believe me, I didn't
0: almost choose it. I only chose Rock <laughs> Story, so. Liam, your, your
1: thoughts here on um, exceptional beings. Now this uh, seems like it has a bit of a, uh, maybe like a religious element that must interest you a little bit. No, I'm okay. Would you like to watch Exceptional Beings with Eric Roberts playing Poseidon, the god of the water? I mean, I
2: do <laughs> love this beard on him, actually. It is
1: actually pretty cool from the side, anyway. I
2: almost feel like it's a fake beard, though. Well, of course it's a fake beard. I mean, the man can grow a beard. Yeah, he can grow yeah. a beard. But it, he makes 12 movies
1: a week! What the fuck, he can't keep the beard!
2: You got if, if they
1: ask for Eric Roberts, they're not asking for bearded Eric Roberts. They're asking for Eric Roberts. The man with no beard. <laughs> as he's known. <laughs> Exceptional beings, Liam. Are we going to check it out? Yeah, yeah. We can't, we're going to cover it. We cover the life and work of actor Eric Roberts. We got to yeah, we're, we're, yeah. that we made. But the better question is, Michael, mm. you don't have to watch Exceptional Beings. You have no connection to it necessarily at all, except for your general love of Eric Roberts and the films that he puts out. But you know, you don't have a blood oath that forces you to watch this material. Will you be checking out Exceptional Beings based on that plot summary and poster?
0: Uh, I mean, I'll fuck with anything Eric Roberts, but I am not prioritizing this based on the description in the poster.
1: So, if I look at Eric Roberts' uh, IMDb page, which is I'm pulling up right now while we're uh, while we're recording right now, and I see that it says 652 credits. So, 652 Eric Roberts credits here. Mm -hmm. where would if you had to watch them in some sort of order it doesn't have to be any particular order but you were watching them say from the ones you're most excited to watch to your least excited where in that 652 would this film exceptional beings lay
0: oh it could it could easily be in the top 100 okay that's not bad oh yeah no because i mean you know of those 600 and whatever i mean several of those are going to be Incredibly hard to track down. I'm not going to want to burn the calories to to do that because you know they just exist on someone's iPhone. Yeah, after, some of them don't uh, actually exist in the wild. That is true. Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So you no, cut I, off I at can least hundred. To the probably. top hundred for sure. Okay. And, and that includes that includes re-watches too, because you know yeah. I like I, I fuck with the Pope of Greenwich Village. Yeah, you fuck with
1: it. And also, it's possible that the next time you're on Eric Roberts, the fucking man, you'll choose exceptional beings for us to watch simply out of some sort of Need to choose the worst thing you can find, but it Mm. seems to me that you don't think of this as in that area, so maybe you would never choose exceptional beings for us to watch. I don't know, I'm a tricky creature and I lie to myself, so we'll see. Unpredictable, well, we will. The Uh, the future is unknown, as Joe Strummer once said. Rock Story from the year 2015 is the movie we're here to talk about today. It is available on Tubi, the streaming service to watch for free, which is good because it does not have a letterbox profile at all, which I found very confusing and unnerving as I was watching the film yesterday. We're going to take a little break. When we return, we're going to talk all about it. We're going to break it down from beginning to end, 2015's Rock Story, right after this. Fly,
2: driving to the- I've been getting these packages in the mail.
0: Some girl singing on a CD, and she is a good, man. Well, it sounds like she doesn't want you to know who she is.
2: No way, Sammy stays. Stay. Hey, Sammy stays. Hey, hey, Sammy stays. That's it. Hey, hey, no offense with that
1: girl. She's in a wheelchair.
0: I wasn't born like
1: this. That doesn't even make any sense. Semi mean, cars just don't explode. You trying to turn this into a circus act? The How?
2: Did you say?
1: They had
0: every motive to lie. I know who she is.
1: former teen pop star is now a criminal defense attorney and bound <laughs> to <into> a wheelchair. <laughs> when her coworker tries to get a band off the ground, she sends him vocal tracks anonymously and the decision threatens to dig up her buried past. It is Rock Story from the year 2015, directed by Dylan Bank, uh, who also directed 2014's Scavenger Killers with Eric Roberts, uh, Robert Loja, and the late Dustin Diamond. Uh, he's a regular co- collaborator with the producer here and writer. Ken Vecchio, who uh, longtime listeners of Eric Roberts is the fucking man may already know that name. He was involved with a Karate Christmas Miracle, uh, which starred his son. Uh, he is—I'm trying to think of a word that won't be incriminating if I was to call him that. But he—he <laughs> he is a uh, extreme right leaning individual, uh, former judge uh, who left the legal profession to make movies. And uh, some of his movies have a political bent to them. He's made some anti-choice horror movies. uh, And also, he's made movies starring his own son. And also, he usually appears in some way in these movies, including this one. Uh, I was just checking out his website, EmpireStateNews.net. We've talked about this on other episodes of Eric Roberts' The Fucking Man. This was like a right-wing news site, but now has been converted into a site all about amateur wrestling, uh, which I believe his son is involved in, and also has... Op-eds by his son uh, As well as old articles from his other website That are just ridiculously Offensively right wing And uh, it's a deep rabbit hole I also have posted a video for both of you guys to watch uh, Which is called Renaissance man Kenneth Delvecchio Inclined bench presses 365 <laughs> pounds For 10 reps Which is a just a YouTube video of him bench pressing <laughs> Which <laughs> Is so out there in big, the world Big Michael uh, Moriarty energy I mean, it, it would be like that if Michael Moriarty started out like how he is now, as opposed to. Okay. Yeah. It's a. Uh,
0: His decline, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, if you can call it that. But anyway, this yeah. movie. Uh, does might have some of those leanings in it it's something we can interpret we'll talk about it in just a little bit rock story but was directed by Dylan Bank co-written by the stars of this film and we'll get to that in a little bit as well that's Robert T. Bogue who plays Mario Cash the lawyer at the center of this film and his um his wife is Danielle Kelly right yeah that's right and Mandy Bogue uh who uh, plays Danielle Kelly in this film who is the Uh, other lawyer who's in the wheelchair in the description that I just mentioned there also featuring Eric Roberts the great Dominique Swain Gilbert Gottfried and Joyce DeWitt from Three's Company as Judge Carol Ann Connolly there's so much to talk about when it comes to the film Rock Story but first I need to uh, turn to our guest today the, the man of the hour the man who chose this film for us to talk about what are your thoughts Michael on Rock Story
0: well, my initial thought uh, was in regards to the runtime. This is a two-hour, five-minute-long movie. Um, I didn't know what to expect when I saw that. I didn't know what mm. to expect when I saw the posters. We've kind of gone over that. What do I think of it? I think I think Rock Story, to me, the way it felt to me, is like it had that energy of uh, at least the filmmaking. So if I'm just talking about the filmmaking itself, sure. mm-hmm. there's that scene in For Your Consideration where the the Christopher uh, guest characters is director who's like talking down to the cinematographer and just telling him to keep turning on all the lights you know <laughs> so then so then they just keep turning on the lights in the scene and the cinematographer's like well fuck but it just every frame of this movie was like it, I, I can't stand bright lights and like every light in the room was on in in these scenes and it has it gives it this really like uh community theater company players like being filmed on an iPhone feeling but beyond that the melodrama was fantastic and how this <laughs> thing how this thing at first i didn't know what it was doing there were some black and white scenes mixed yes. in mm-hmm. I was like oh is this to show the passage of time like this is something really old and then, no, it was kind of like the present narrative. They just did it in black and white, and then I was like, oh, did they do it to make it melodramatic, like it's a soap opera? Because I, I thought they were doing uh, I thought they were doing like a, a David Lynch, like, soap opera type thing for a little while, but I'm like, no, they're doing this in earnest. Like, they are telling this story. They're not they're not making a satirical melodrama. But there was a lot that I uh, I enjoyed watching in this. I wouldn't call it a good movie by any stretch, but It has this (laughs) – all right. I'm going to throw this out there, and you tell me if I'm totally off base. But this has like a Buckaroo Bonsai SOV energy to it. (laughs) I can see that. I can see if
1: someone kind of misinterpreted why people would have thought Buckaroo Bonsai was an interesting character.
0: Yeah. Right. Like – I was half expecting even watching this for like an hour and 45 before Joyce DeWitt's gun comes out. Like <laughs> I was half expecting her to be part lizard person or like time traveler. Sure. I could something. see that Yeah. But it would
1: have um, made, made just as much sense as what actually happens in the movie.
0: <laughs> right. And I couldn't figure out for the longest time how the movie felt about Mario cash. And then I was dumbfounded when I would, when, uh, the Danielle Kelly character it, like starts waxing so poetic about him, and I'm like, oh my god, he's the guy we're supposed to like love, him, <laughs> and he himself, he's like a mash between like a bad Joel McHale impression and Judge Reinhold. Like, he yes. is. He is obnoxious and not cool, but he like just shows up as like, I am not obnoxious and I am totally cool.
1: But he practices the coolest and sexiest thing you can do, the law, right? And like a certain other person involved in this picture, he left that practice because he's so devoted to his art, his art form. Because the plot of this movie, ladies and gentlemen, is a guy who runs a successful law firm but is in a band in the evenings decides to shut down or basically let someone else run his law firm so he can go and be a 40-year-old rock star playing the worst fucking music you've ever heard in your life. Um, <laughs> and that is the other thing about this movie, which is ostensibly a musical. There's at least, I mean, this movie ends with two full musical numbers. And when I say oh, musical yeah. numbers, I don't mean like a choreographed kind. I mean, just oh, band a band playing. Oh, Carnegie
0: Hall. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, okay, we'll talk about that in just a second. Liam. I want to get your general thoughts. Because you're a musical person yourself, now that you've actually just revealed to us that you've actually performed in plays singing a song, uh, very interested to hear your take on 2015's rock story. Okay. All right. I'm prepared. Some, Okay.
2: <clears throat> Sometimes a movie is bad purely on execution. You know, like if you were at a party and someone described the idea of the movie to you, it sounds cool. Mm-hmm. But you look at this, the folks who are doing it, and you know they're not going to be able to pull off the idea, right? Then sometimes a movie is bad at the idea level. Like this is just a bad idea, you know, like th- that we probably shouldn't do this. Um and then sometimes a movie is uh bad all it at all levels <laughs> at all possible levels. And um the thing about this movie is that you know, it's we can make fun of the execution in a number of ways like it's filmed poorly. There's a number of scenes where I don't know why the camera is where the camera is. Like, I just don't even know why this is This is the <laughs> shot,
0: you know? Right. Oh, like how they covered the, the audition scene? Yes. Yes. yes.
2: Why is everyone on the right side? There's a number of shots yeah. where I'm like, everyone is on the right side of the frame for no reason, and there's nothing on the left side, and we're doing that again and again, and I don't understand why we're doing it. Like, it just doesn't make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So there's a number of things like that. Or from the musical aspect, like if this is a movie in which we're supposed to believe in the in the musical future of these characters and all of the music they're making is mediocre at best it's not even good like even if the even if the movie wasn't about a guy trying to make it as a rock star he was like look i'm in a shitty cover band but there's actually a lot of money in shitty cover bands so sure. if we if we make it as a shitty cover band we could pay our bills they're not even a good shitty cover band let alone we're going to write our own songs and make it in the music industry <laughs> Um, So I could critique all of that. But even just at the idea level of like in this, in the legal environment in rural, not even rural, but suburban New York, like basically Hudson Valley, he says at one point, there are multiple legal professionals who are also musicians just waiting to get their break. And we're going to have not just one or two. We're going to have at least three characters who are like. Really ready for the big time, but also successful legal professionals. Yes, the 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 ego of Ken Del Vecchio to say, okay, well that part's believable because of me, right? Because I'm a I'm a former judge turned very successful director, so that all makes sense. But we need the love angle, and that is what uh, the the Bogues are going to bring into the writing table. Is they're going to bring this real intense love relationship that's going to move this movie forward none of it works for even a second let alone the fact that like the songs are weird and like kind of you know have this weird sort of America first angle. And then the the lawyer is going to win a case by basically arguing that drug laws are a violation of our rights. And we should all be (laughs) eating drug drug. We should all be eating junk food and smoking pot. Not because it's the right thing to do, but because fuck the government, man. And a judge is going to go, well, I'm convinced case closed. (laughs) It's played by Kendall. Right? Exactly. (laughs) Um, and again, I'm not necessarily against the idea of, uh, of legalizing drugs per se. It's the idea that her, uh she couldn't win a Reddit argument with her argument in this courtroom. That's like how flimsy the writing is, but this judge is convinced. The whole thing, Doug, is just a shit show from top to bottom and almost to the point where it's fun. Like we know that sometimes a film can be such a shit show that like, it's totally entertaining. And this movie's almost there, but it, it just lacks a certain amount of, of dynamic tension to maintain for two hours and 10 minutes, (laughs) such that like, I got to the point where all the music musical scenes, I felt like I could probably fall asleep during and be okay. And still mostly understand the movie. For sure.
0: Yeah. Those are the most expendable scenes, but you're, you're totally right. Liam, that the, the, the drug thing is super weird. Like how they feel about drugs in this movie is weird. Cause One of the most despicable things in my mind was how Mario Cash was treating the the horrible uh, woman singer
2: mario you know? cash should be the villain of this fucking movie and basically right. is the villain of the movie until the
1: judge pulls the uh, gun on him. Uh, uh excuse me guys he bought the building that they rehearse in <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: but, but he's like he's like hey we gotta kick her out of the band and they're like why she's family we've done this forever he's like yeah she's a piece of shit like she just doesn't she's struggling Let's <laughs> right she's but struggling also, guys she's on drugs but also or something.
1: like the band has like Six lead singers.
0: <laughs> everyone yeah, sings. Everyone, everyone sings. And then they address that later in the movie. Is they're like, <laughs> the, when they're auditioning bass players and they find her and then and then they're like, Can you sing? And Joyce DeWitt's like, not everyone has to sing. We already That's have cool. a
1: singer. It's you, you beautiful angel. Sorry oh, about yeah, killing your mom. Yeah. Spoiler. Um so there's a song. <laughs> there's a there's a song in this movie. Uh, Liam just alluded to it a moment ago, called America, baby! Um, And it was produced and performed by Sean McNabb and Eric Edibari, who are the the members of the band in the film. And the lyrics go, I want to live in America, land of the free opportunity. If you don't like it and there's a better place to be, you are free to go your way. So this is not a film that leans too heavily in the politics department, but I will say when that particular song came on, just the idea that this band, the Cash Money Boys, they think that they're going to get fucking huge. They've been around for 10 years. And this so- this band, who, I'm look, they're, they're playing, I'm sure, is absolutely competent. But their songs are total dog shit. And I'm just saying that not as a person who just isn't a big fan of this style of music anyway. I'm just telling you, listeners, the music in this is bad. In fact, let's listen to a bit of that song right now. I want to live
2: in America. Land is a free opportunity. Black, white, red, yellow, blue, brown. This is America. This is your time.
1: You see, it sucks. The music in this is awful. <laughs> <revolve>. um, <laughs> also,
2: also the band has a guy in it named Bones and Big Bones. Daddy.
1: Bones and Big Daddy they uh, they like to comment on how women look Liam you must be a big fan of that Oh
2: it's awesome it was so and I thought like looking at Bones I thought yeah you're the guy who should really be hitting on all the ladies in the band
0: Bones is loyal leave Bones alone <laughs> uh, They they would give him like the weirdest layups too like Joyce DeWitt would look at Bones and be like hey we got to get you out of that green sweatshirt and I'm like lady and then <sighs> He's just like, it's easy to get me out of the green sweatshirt. Just ask all the kids I fuck in my van. Like he said, he said something like
1: that. Actually, I think that's a direct quote. So yeah, yeah, this, this movie does ask us to believe something that's very hard to believe. It's not that a lawyer could be in a band. It's that we should like a lawyer who is in a band. And Mario Cash, you're right. Both of you are right. The idea that we're supposed to like this guy simply because he is a lawyer... Uh, and also is a member of a band and has uh, the kind of ambition it appears that some of the members of his band don't have, it is a bridge too far for me. I hated this guy right from the beginning because, and not only did I just hate him, I thought I was supposed to. I thought at some point we were going to find out, oh, this guy is just a total piece of shit. Because here's the thing about lawyers in movies, they're usually bad because people don't like lawyers and there's no reason to like them. And there's even a part later where someone's like calls him like the boy, like they call him a cop basically. And he's like, I'm not a cop, I'm a lawyer. Like we're supposed to have some sort of distinguishing thing in our mind where we would like one and not the other. Uh, that for me was a difficult thing uh, to, to get over in terms of the movie. But the other thing is kind of the crux of the entire plot, which is that Dominique Swain, she's on drugs. She's not reliable. She can no longer be the lead singer of the Cash Money Boys. So he gets sent... A CD right Or just randomly at his law office And he starts listening to it in his conveniently located CD player and he puts it on And it's like this is the most beautiful Incredible voice in the world And it just happens to be the voice of the woman That he works with who she says When she has to explain why she was sending him These CDs it wasn't because she wants to be in the band No she just thought it would cheer him up To hear her beautiful voice
2: <laughs> right. Well and, and She is <clears throat> she is formally one of the most popular pop stars in the world. Yes, but she had an accident, and now this is the thing, Doug. Yes. She went through so many surgeries and was so disfigured that no one recognizes her except for her murderous former manager, right? Yes. But also, she's very beautiful. That's the other thing is that I love th- this idea of the plot. Uh. Like she's gone through so many surgeries that no one can notice that she's also this former pop star, but not so many surgeries that she isn't the beautiful star of this movie.
0: But they show the cover of her CD during like the angel fire Geo cities era or whatever (laughs) cover design. And she looks the same. Yeah, but you'd forget after a little while. Yeah,
2: and big, she's in a wheelchair. Big, she's so in a like, wheelchair.
1: So that's the crux. She's in the wheelchair, right? So, yeah, you so look, she can't so be a rock star. She might be star. beautiful. She can't be a rock star because our rock star, our singers dance, Liam. How's yeah. she going to dance when she's sitting in a wheelchair?
2: Well, and wheelchairs famously don't move. So yeah. she couldn't possibly move around once she's in the Anyway,
1: Mike, I, I was hearing your argument. I want to hear more of it.
0: What was my I, argument? I
1: can't remember, but you were very upset just a moment ago. I figured it was something extremely...
0: No, <laughs> Basically that she put... looks
2: exactly the same as she did, but oh, she was yeah, yeah, supposedly yeah, the yeah, most yeah, famous so, person so, in the world.
0: Exactly. So she's supposed to be like 27 in this movie. The, that's what I figured out, because they were like, she was done by the time she was like 17. So it's only been 10 years, but she looked on the cover of her CD that they show. It looks like she looks now. So she doesn't look totally different. It's not like she got complete reconstructive surgery, and right. But, she's,
2: but she suggested she, she, said su- that, she suggests yeah. that she might have gotten reconstructive surgery, but she looks exact. I mean, she changed her hair, I guess, kind of. But that's it. Yeah. She's basically just in a wheelchair with different hair. And so no one knows it's her. So the thing
1: about her plot, her part of the plot, is that her mother was killed on a boat explosion and she was also on that boat but was not killed right and that she had all the she she lost the use of her legs and she had all these surgeries and i guess no one ever investigated that explosion and she and no one ever cared about the fact that this very famous pop star was involved in this explosion right so i guess we're not we're not supposed to really think about that we're going to spoil this movie for you listeners uh so prepare yourself so Joyce DeWitt from Three's Company is in this movie. She plays a judge. We were just referring to her. She used to be a manager for this pop star. But after this horrible accident happened, she then became a judge instead. And in the uh, the plot of this movie, she then becomes the manager of uh, cash, money, boy, whatever, the cash. This no, guy's the, new band. The new band, yeah. The new band, which is called, again, Liam. Esquire. Esquire. She's managing them instead. So even though it seems like it would be a conflict of interest for her to be a judge uh, and then also be managing a band with two lawyers in it, uh, I guess that's something that she's allowed to do for whatever reason. But then we find out the big twist of the movie, which was hinted at very strongly throughout the two hours. And Liam, what is the big twist?
2: Well, the accident, quote-unquote, that killed... um uh, Danielle Kelly, which isn't even her real name, right? Whatever no. her real name is, yeah. mom, was the judge. Did the, the basically the judge did a murder and not just a murder, right? A lot of people fucking died in this thing, from what I understand, because the whole boat exploded. Yes. So she did a murder, right? A, a multiple murder and then became a judge and yes. has been hiding as a judge who's married to a congressperson, too, by the way. So very nondescript no one knows who she is as a judge and and congressperson's wife
1: mike just over to you for a second what was her motivation for wanting to kill danielle's mother hates her yeah hates her but why did she
2: also try to kill danielle i don't know oh she didn't know she was there she didn't know she was going to be there oh okay yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. oh you mean okay yeah not Okay. okay yeah
1: but her motivation why did she hate her mother?
0: I don't know. I, don't I feel know. I, like I this is a very just, important she plot was point. So close to to her, like it was, you know, like she wanted to get closer with. Uh, that's closer my understanding. As a pop star? I don't
2: know.
1: Oh, I can't remember, but but I think you're right, Mike. I think that's what we're supposed to think is that basically she was obsessed with right. Danielle's former. Well,
2: okay, but even revealing that she's the villain, right? Is uh, the that our main dude uh, Mario Cash <laughs> doesn't like the bad lie. The apparently, apparently fucking fucking Danielle Kelly didn't think anyone would ever question her story. so now right. she has to come up with a lie in the moment and her lie is we were in a taxi that exploded
1: <laughs> On the no, forget, Isle they were of off White. the Isle
2: of man. <laughs> yeah, Isle of Man, you're right. We're on the Isle of Man or whatever, and our taxi exploded. And he's like, taxis don't just explode. And the judge is like, if he keeps asking about exploded taxis, he'll eventually figure out that it was actually a boat that exploded and I exploded it. So uh, I got to kill him with heroin, with With a fake heroin. heroin overdose. And apparently
1: went in to try to get him to overdose on heroin at a time that the office was still open. And that <laughs> him, him screaming and like yelling at her, he, he, she should not have been surprised that maybe Danielle, who worked in the same office, might have been notified by all the noise coming in. Uh, yeah, it's a, it gets a little, little wonky heading into that uh, final 30 minutes or so. I actually, did either of you think, so during this final concert appearance, in the movie, at the end, it ends with two the, the band performing. We're supposed to think that they're amazing. They absolutely are gar- garbage, awful. Uh, we see that in the back of this venue, Joyce Dewitts judge Carol Ann Connolly is there. Did either of you think that she was going to try to shoot and kill Danielle in this final scene? Starting with you, Mike. Did you think she was going to kill her?
0: Oh yeah, I thought they were going to go for a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought because she's supposed was to leave the country. More conflict.
2: <laughs> uh, there was too much music in this scene, Doug. So I went to sleep.
1: Yes, I understand that your hatred of music, Liam, can allow you to enjoy the final two. Uh, This is a star-studded film, Uh, Rock Story is. Of course, it features (laughs) Eric Roberts, who we'll talk about in just a moment. But as well, we already mentioned Dominique Swain, Gilbert Gottfried, and of course, Joyce DeWitt. Uh, Of these famous faces, Michael, who was your favorite? Who did you most enjoy seeing on screen?
0: Well, I I must say that uh, overall, it was Joyce DeWitt, just because I had never seen her do something like this. And she has a very iconic voice from my childhood, you know, something about the the three original uh, three's company. Like I, yeah, there's just something so nostalgic about, about her voice. It, so it was weird to hear uh, Janet, you know, (laughs) behave this way for two hours and five minutes. I think um, she's quite
1: good. I actually think she does a very good job in a role that's
0: impossible. Oh no, for, for sure. For sure, no. She's certainly the the best actor in the. She's
2: the- certainly better than Robert Bogue.
0: Yeah, is that Mario Cash? Yeah, that's Mario Cash of the Cash Money Board. That guy, he's the fucking worst.
1: <laughs> no, he's the hero. He's our beloved main character. You know, he likes to pull up to his employee's house to make sure her light is on, so he can call her to talk about his personal business, and then uh, try to give his business to her. But when she wants to be part of his band instead, so instead of running a successful law firm. She's gonna does she get paid for being in this band? I mean no,
0: theor- they, Well Joyce DeWitt tells us not at first. Not at
1: first, no, but she, that kind of music has such a broad appeal. They're gonna right. be in New Seely dance, so no problem at all. Uh, people who look at the poster for Rock Whoa. Story may be surprised to see Gilbert Godfrey's name on it. Uh Michael, who does Gilbert Godfrey play in Rock Story?
0: Well, he, he plays a man, a 17-year-old man that oozes sex appeal. <laughs> That is
1: that is a very accurate way to describe him There is a part in this movie where because uh, the Cash Money Boys, they break up So uh, our good man Mario Cash has to uh, come up with new musicians to be part of his new band With his uh, his lovely lady friend Danielle And they audition bass players Apparently it's impossible to find a bass player in New York uh, And one of the people who... A lot of people seemed... Maybe they should have put, we want a bass player in the uh in the notification in the wanted ad because a lot of people show up who are, don't play bass or any right. instrument at all uh and one of those people is Gilbert Gottfried playing Dwayne Smiley who just talks about as you said how much he oozes charisma and then he does some of his Gilbert Gottfried thing. Liam, what did you think of Gilbert Gottfried in this film? Uh it was a gag
2: that didn't work. He
0: didn't have anything beyond the premise that he oozed sex appeal.
2: Yeah, it was He it had was... to put bandages, Liam. All over his I pores.
0: I was oozing sex appeal so much. They had. See, to this is very similar to how it actually plays out
1: body. in the film properly, uh, Liam. Yeah, it's it's pretty
2: annoying, just like right now.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are you a fan of Gilbert Gottfried? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I, don't have strong opinions. he, he occasionally makes very good jokes. But a lot of times, because he has been funny in the past... You like that one
1: about the tsunami. I remember you really enjoyed that joke. Yeah, that was
2: great. Uh, (laughs) I think because he has occasionally made funny jokes, people think if they just have him appear, that's a joke. Like, look, it's Gilbert Gottfried. And I'm like, okay, he still has to do something. He can't just show up. And that's the whole joke. It doesn't work. Apparently,
1: they can. And they did. (laughs) That's exactly what happens. It's just the joke is that it's Gilbert Gottfried in this movie. Um, Dominique yeah, Swain. He's
0: full, he's full rip Taylor now.
1: Yeah, is, I, you know he has a, a podcast. I I don't listen to it very often, but it it is exactly the sort of thing that we, we I'm speaking all about both of you and myself would enjoy. And he has a lot of interesting people, and he seems to have a real uh, grasp of movie history and and likes kind of uh, obscure character actors. I think actually Eric Roberts may have even been on his show at one point. So he I'd like him as a individual. Um. Yeah. But yeah, when he shows up in stuff like this, I'm like, come on, what the fuck are you doing? You're basically Ron Jeremy in this, except not in jail right now. Um, oh yeah, maybe actually, as,
0: you're, you're totally right though. As and I, I have listened to some of his podcasts, and I do like his appearances on, uh, you know, other shows, and he, he is an interesting personality, you know. But um, he's he's not one of my favorites to have that person, or at least the way he's been used in movies. Maybe he has a Danny McBride uh, casting coming up or something, but. As he's used, man, yeah, they just make him that fucking parrot every time. That duck every (laughs) time. (laughs) That's true. Uh, We need
1: to, uh, well, so so we already explained the ending of the movie. So what happens is that Joyce DeWitt pulls a gun. uh, They basically record everything she says, incriminating herself in the murder of Danielle's mother. Uh, They say that they will release the recording to the authorities if she doesn't just leave town, which is kind of a light sentence for her, considering that she murdered a bunch of people. But, uh, but you know, they put the law in their own hands, whatever, and then they perform at this big venue, and everyone loves them, even members of the band that they fired, the former members of the Cash Money Gang. They all enjoy it, they all dig it, and the movie ends on a celebratory note. How big did Esquire get? I guess we'll never know, or maybe we'll have to wait for Rock Story number 2. But for now, we need to talk about Eric Roberts, the actor, who plays a character named Andy Granite in this film. He is a popular I guess he's a producer or agent, Uh, and there's a part in the movie where Mario Cash is looking for the voice on the CDs that he's been given. He can't find her, can't track her down, so he calls up his good friend Andy Granite to see if he can help him uh, find out who this woman is. Starting with our guest today, Mike Delaney. Mike, what do you Mm -hmm. think of Eric Roberts as Andy Granite?
0: Well, uh, I didn't know his character's name at all, so I I thank you for, for telling me that. But Grant I did know that I, I, I appreciated the, the big Dick Tracy villain energy that uh, he brought to that part. You know, it, it looked like he was having fun. Um, I I mean, it wasn't a great Eric Roberts performance, but the man, the man always looks like, even in those roles in these types of movies, he still looks like he's having the time of his life and appreciates the, you know, the company, maybe. I don't know. But um yeah, he's kind of talking out of the side of his mouth like a Chicago Dick Tracy villain that's gonna, you know. <laughs> like it's so wild, man. He's just like a fucking record producer in the in I guess, but he has gold records all over the place. I like yeah. I don't know who I don't know who he is. I But um
2: even how they shot this is like it's it's clearly just like, hey, we have an apartment for a day, so we're gonna shoot three <laughs> scenes with you in this apartment in right. what could be New York, what could be Yonkers. I can't tell. I mean, it's it's there's 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 buildings in the background somewhere in America. No,
0: but it, yeah, but it's super specific. Like you could tell that they made this one of their big set pieces. They're like, oh, we got this high rise that looks out. Because you can actually see the city and it gives you some scope. And they clearly did art direction for the room, you know, because every other scene in the movie, the art direction is hang up an American flag behind a judge. But but (laughs)
2: what city is that in the background? Like it's supposed to be New York.
0: It's got to be Chicago. That's I mean,
2: it could be like it literally could be any buildings, any nothing about it. Set like if you if I was going to say we need to make sure people know this is New York, then just rent an apartment in right. fucking Manhattan. But it's not that. It's anywhere. It's very weird. Like, you know, he's supposed to be from New York because of his painful accent. But the <laughs> but the background could be anything.
1: I mean, that's just your opinion, Liam. But, uh, uh, we do get to see Eric Roberts strum a guitar in this, quite uh, violently, in fact, as well as an appearance by Keaton Simons. We are supposed to be outraged by the fact that Keaton plays a little guitar uh, it's really good. Cash, uh, Mario Cash can't believe it. He, his luck, he wants him in his band immediately. But unfortunately, he has to pay for him. And Mario, that's like, oh, pay someone for their art. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And he boxed at it. And We're supposed to think that he was almost getting fleeced out of the talents of somebody who obviously was a very talented musician. What did you think about that, Liam?
2: I mean, you put it in a way that makes it sound ridiculous. <laughs> I will say 100,000 yeah, signing right. bonus. Exactly. <laughs> I, the only I,
0: thing I agreed with Mario on was like, <laughs> "Yeah, bro, you can't afford a hundred thousand dollar like dashboard confessional ripoff."
1: Man. He bought a building just for them to rehearse it. <laughs> he owns a law firm. What's a hundred
2: thousand dollars for him? It's it's a lot. I mean, I could see a signing bonus actually if you're getting some guy who's like recorded in the past and has a whatever. But a hundred grand in today's in this economy, Doug, come on. It's Keaton Simons, a very talented
1: musician, Liam. I think you should appreciate him.
2: Uh, Liam, you haven't yet
1: talked about, by the way, the the fact that Mario Cash in the f- final scene, he changes his hairstyle around a little bit. We've oh, Jesus, I forgot to that. bring this. This is something I mm. talked about a lot before yes. we started
2: recording, so I just want to let you guys know. Here's the thing. Uh, you know, Robert Bogue... He has a very lawyer vibe previous to deciding to change his life. Now, of course, he's been in a rock band apparently that has fans because fans show up when he's at the restaurant, I guess, or some bullshit. And so, but he's always looked like a lawyer. And he's, you know, now he's made a change. He's going to be a rocker full time and he needs the world to know that he's made this change. And so he converts his lawyer haircut into the least committed faux hawk I've ever seen in my life. And y'all, this, the, the, the idea, his change to a rocker look is so awkward. And it, and let's be clear. This is a movie, not from 2006 when some old man putting up a faux hawk would be like, yeah, that's what a guy would do. He, that's what he would do. It's 2015. Y'all the faux hawk was a joke by 2015, but our man is trying to rock a faux hawk. And it's, it's bad. It's a bad look, Doug. It's a real bad what, look.
1: What if I was to tell you this, Liam? So I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Robert Bogue, who, by the way, he's done a bunch of um, soap opera work. Sure. And it was it did a voice in Grand Theft Auto Five. V. Uh, so and he's movie murdered out, people on the internet, I'm sure. he he the, the, Live on the internet, he's murdered This them. movie came out in 2015, yes. right? So about six, seven years ago. And Robert Bogue is currently 57 years old. So he was 50 when he made this movie. So that is another thing for you listeners who haven't seen the movie Rock Story to think about. This is a man in his fifties <laughs> with a faux hawk.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trying Wait, to live his rock and roll dream. That 50. guy was fifty? He's a good looking fifty. I gotta
0: give yeah, him that. No, no, he is he is a good looking fifty. I'll give him that. Because I thought he was like a bad looking forty, but no, he's a good- <laughs>
2: He looks like he looks like a wax museum tried to make a, a wax figure of Wings Hauser, uh, but only <laughs> out of memory, and they fucked it up. And he's like, he's he looks like a more upsetting Wings Hauser.
0: I I'm. Yeah, he doesn't good. have as striking features as Wings, but no, I, I could. See but he's got that. the eye. The eyes it's, it's look like a crazy it's white thing. Man. It's a brow yeah. thing. It's a brow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
1: So obviously we're here talking about Eric Roberts, the actor, uh, and his performance in 2015's Rock Story. It's a brief performance, though it does go back to him several times. He plays like a slimy agent type guy. I think he does fine outside of his kind of ridiculous accent. But hey, that's a little different for old Eric Roberts as well. But the question of the day is, is Eric Roberts the fucking man in 2015's Rock Story? Uh. Liam said at the beginning of this movie, that, uh, or basically the beginning of this podcast, that there's no way... That I could say that he was the fucking man. I guess we're just gonna have to see. Let's start with you, Liam. Is Eric Roberts the fucking man in this
2: film? No, he's not. Ooh, what? He is not the fucking man in this. Ooh. It is. It's not his worst performance, but it is uh definitely a lazy. Th- this was a lazy afternoon for Eric Roberts when they filmed this, and you know his his only character note is he has an he has a he has. <laughs> I can't even believe that Eric Roberts thinks this is a New York accent, right? He knows he's doing. He's doing a la- the laziest possible New York accent. He's and a wise just going Oh my god. <laughs> it's fucking bad, man. Okay. This is this is a it's a bad accent. It's a it's a it's a lazy performance. It isn't even necessary for the movie. It adds nothing to the film. Uh this is these are these are three scenes that be, could be cut from this two-hour, ten-minute movie and make it slightly less painful. Though I will say they aren't as painful as the music scenes, which are really the parts that need to be cut from the film.
1: That's just one man's opinion. Let's go over to our guest today. Michael, what did you think of Eric Roberts in this? And is he the fucking man?
0: Well, I'll answer it in a roundabout way. He is the fucking man that inspired me to watch this movie. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. So... This is, this is a deeply personal question, you know? Yes, of uh, course. It deserves, it deserves some, some weight and clarifying questions. I mean, am I just comparing it against everything else in the movie or his entire career or just the, the philosophical idea of Eric Roberts?
1: I want you to look into your soul, right? Yeah. And think about what appeals to you about the craft of film, about the craft of acting, and whether in your heart and in your soul when watching... Rock story from the year 2015, whether Eric Roberts was the fucking man within
0: it. Uh, Okay. Well, then the answer is easy. He was the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man, and he was the fucking man, and he will be the fucking man because there is no future. There's only the present, and he is going to write an amazing story for the rest of us to see. So, yeah, he's a fucking man. I want to hang out with him and make a a movie together in person. (laughs) I feel like King
1: Solomon. Right, I have one person here on my left saying that Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Someone on my right, someone I thought I trusted, saying that Eric Roberts is not the fucking man. What can I choose? Of course, I'm the tiebreaker. I'm the one who has to make the decision. It's so much pressure. I'm thinking about it. It's deep in my brain, and all I can say is... Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 2015's Rock Story. His ridiculous accent uh, is appealing to me. Every time I cut back to him, I had a smile on my face. Seeing him play with that guitar, seeing him screw around this dickhead lawyer, fuck him, fuck the cash money boys, fuck their entire career and their shitty music, fuck their America first. Everything about this is shit except for Eric Roberts, who I love to see him and his beautiful face. Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 2015's Rock Story. Stick it in your pipe and smoke it. Liam O'Donnell.
2: All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you play, you played an elf in uh midsummer, so yeah, they, they smoke little pipes. Yeah, yeah little pipes.
1: <laughs>
2: I'll put a, uh, I'll put it right on my booty. I don't care.
1: I'd like to see that too. Mike Delaney, our wonderful mm-hmm. returning guest here her here on Eric Roberts is the fucking her. man. You know i'm a big fan of you and your work i want you to tell people where they can find you and what they should be looking out for in the near future
0: oh thanks um yeah you can just go to uh if you're interested in, in what i do which is uh right now where my creative partner and i sarah are doing a a show called slumber party sleepover which is kind of like a, a campy horror host uh, show where we have sketches and a peewee herman type world uh where we broadcast this CCTV horror host uh, show to our quarantined fictional town, so it's just, it's fun, it's goofy. We just get to blow off steam and have a good time. But that's a that's called slumber party sleepover, and you could find that on uh, SplatHouse.com, and that'll link you to the YouTube channel. When are we seeing Blue Caveman? Oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know if you were going to ask about that on. Uh, on this episode there it wasn't in the notes uh but blue caveman will be out uh, by halloween this year what? we're finding finding ways to get it distributed yes that, that's uh that's an interesting uh, yeah documentary so uh we, we actually used some archival uh i hope you don't mind doug but i went back through your catalog and i found a, a movie that you and liam actually talked about on the show and i'm going to feature a clip of that in the the documentary cuz blue Lucky blue is the documentary so we
1: only cover bangers so no yeah. problems there whatsoever uh but looking forward mm-hmm. to the uh, film blue caveman man coming out later this year and of course Check out all of Mike's work. All of it is excellent. We love having him here, and thank you so much for Mike for taking time out of your schedule to talk about this fucking terrible movie that you made us watch. That seemed yeah, never ending while I was watching it.
0: Can, can, I, I do want to say something nice about the movie and something sure. clever, and something mm-hmm. clever about the screenwriting that that tickled me. I did think it was really funny when uh, Danielle gives the the music to you know the various people to to plant the seed. You know, she gives yeah. a CD to Mario Cash. And then she gives Joyce DeWitt a fucking cassette tape.
1: And she just, had a cassette I, tape. I thought it
0: was brilliant. Like, she had TV the cassette, cassette tape player
1: right in front of her.
0: <laughs> right. Right. I thought that was the one thing they definitely thought about. They're like, Joyce DeWitt would not have a CD player. She'd have a cassette player.
1: If you take nothing else away from this movie, it's that Joyce DeWitt does not have a CD player. Liam O'Donnell. I know that everything is busy and uh, and exciting over at CinePunks. Where, where can people check out more of your work? Where can people check out the latest episodes of this podcast?
2: Well, they can, of course, head to CinePunks.com, C-I-N-E-P-O-N-X.com. Uh, and, of course, uh, we'll have new episodes there and new episodes from a bunch of different podcasts, including... Uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve, Horror Business, uh, Wine and Cheese, bunch a bunch of stuff over there right now. Um, they can head to our website, cinemasmorgasbord.com, to head into the uh, archives of this show and the variety of shows that we do as part of the Cinema Smorgasbord. Uh, let's call it an experiment for that that much. Um, they can also follow uh, CinePunks on social media, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Cinema Smorgasbord is on uh, Twitter at cinemasmorg S-M-O-R-G
1: You can find all of our archive podcasts over at cinemasmorgsboard.com As well as we uh, can find us on social media At cinemasmorg on Twitter And cinemasmorgsboard Just through a search on Facebook If you want to find older episodes of Eric Roberts is the fucking man Before it became Eric Roberts is the fucking man Redux That's still available over over at ericrobertsistheman.com I occasionally still upload that uh, the latest episodes from Redux Onto that feed as well But uh, please update yourself over to cinemasmorgsboard.com uh, if you have a podcast provider of choice, please leave us a review. We appreciate every one of them. But for now, we need to close up the Eric Roberts bag. We're going to be back very soon with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody.
2: Night, <laughs> night.